What's up, everybody? This is Nikkei Roach, and welcome to Massage Marketing Secrets. So this is a continuation to the last conversation I was talking about um, when I visited my friend Philip's church to actually hear his daughter sing. And this part was more specifically about what the what the pastor had said. Well, Jason, who, like I said in my last one, was a bearded gentleman who looked seriously like a member of the cast of Harry Potter. I mean, he had like this crazy beard, but it was neat. His hair was all cropped and it looked nice on the top, but he sure was a um, bearded looking dude that, I mean, you could seriously see this brother, you know, way out there in the bush country, just chopping or living among nature and whatnot. But interesting enough, he's a father of triplets, uh, three boys. I think they're about four and I think two daughters who are a little older. So he's a busy daddy of, of five. And just recently, he decided um, that his calling, if you will, and I'll allow it here, um, because people say, well, it's my calling, and I don't get bent out of shape about that. I'm just, I, that is so amazing when you feel the calling to go and help others. And so he decided that he was going to become a full-time pastor. He started out as a youth pastor. He still is a youth pastor, but now he's doing it full-time because the congregation got large, large enough to accommodate a full-time youth pastor. So... It was sort of interesting because his message, and this is why I would encourage people to go to church. And I'm not saying go to church because that's your particular religious affiliation. But but you'd be surprised by the amount of business information and business skills that you can learn from someone who really studies the Bible. Or studies the Quran, or studies the Torah, or studies various religious texts. In that people who actually understand what they are reading and can craft a message to you, really, really, you know, those are folks you got to go listen to. So if you don't attend a church somewhere in your community or you don't attend a house of worship in your native tongue, then go do it. Because this was not my, you know, this was not my church per se. This wasn't my house of worship, but it was a message. It was like, man, that's a business message. So I'll give you kind of the crux of it and what I mean about that and why it's so uh, it, it don't don't just say and I remember one of my mentors, one of my business mentors said, when you go to a seminar, it is something that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. You know you're going to feel uncomfortable about it. Do like a buffet. She always said, you know, some some events are like a buffet. You go and you look at what it is. You take what you like, and the things that you know may not sit very well with you, you leave it there for someone else. That's not meant for you. That message was not meant for you. It's meant for someone else. So don't get bent out of shape when somebody says, "Hey, come to my church." Oh, hey, come to my mosque. Right? Don't get bent out of shape because there is truth in messaging, especially faith-based messaging. And I think people just get so weird and so wonky now, and you know, and getting all things about, well, the Bible ain't that accurate, and the Quran is not that accurate, and the Torah is about the Jews. I, I think you get you missed out, and then Hindus are this, and you know, and and people are Buddhists are this. Don't get bent out of shape about that. Every message has something of value in it. You just have to pick out the things that resonate is really going to happen, help you out. So I hope that message was clear for some of you, and maybe it was, and you needed to hear it, because this is actually about massage marketing. But he started out really with something very simple. He said, you know what? I was on the internet, and I started, I was searching out people who saw, for some reason, he's on the internet or, or Facebook or something like that. And, I, and he said, people who had spotted Jesus. And he read a story that somebody said, I spotted Jesus on a Cheeto. And I spotted Jesus on a potato chip. And uh, someone took a picture of a sky and said they swore 
that they saw the image of Jesus. And, and it's kind of interesting because we always say the image of Jesus, but oftentimes the image of Jesus is actually the interpretation of an Italian painter years ago. We're not going to get bent out of shape about that. But they said they saw Jesus. And some people said we saw the shroud or something like that. And and then he said that he he looked on, on just because he was trying to look for something else, he eventually found something on eBay he was looking for. He just kind of He's a pastor, so I guess he kind of scrolls through things that are more religious texts. Maybe he was looking for a part of his message that he was going to deliver, and he's looking for something to kind of get his engines wrong, which I do. Anytime I'm writing something, I go scroll the internet and see what can get that fire started. And so he's out there, and he eventually ends up on, on eBay, and he finds that somebody had sold a grilled cheese sandwich. Now, get this, a grilled cheese sandwich that had the, what they interpreted the face of Jesus for like four thousand dollars. Now he was he he got that message because that was part of a hook, and we talked about the fundamental of getting someone's attention and really getting them to pay attention really quickly is a hook. So if someone says, "I have the face of Jesus on a Cheeto," hey, you want to see a face of Jesus on a Cheeto, or hey, you want to see the face of Jesus on a on a donut, or hey, I saw Jesus in the sky. You think that won't grab somebody's attention? So that grabbed everybody there was looking around like kind of they were like salivating. Okay, this is cool. We actually gave probably about ten different examples of food related or image related stuff about people saw Jesus. So he was like, What what and so it's like you got his attention. It's like, hold on. But then his message came into if you the way you find Jesus is the body of Christ is the people. So if you want to look for Jesus, don't look in a Cheeto. It was sort of like he got your attention with that. But the message was, Jesus is in all of us, you know? You know, if that's your belief structure, then you find Jesus in your brother and your sister. You know, to the least of, you know, something like, you know, to the least of me, something like that. I can't remember the, 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 the phrase, but the point is, if you see your brother in pain, or you see your sister in struggle, if you see your, they're, they're down, that's Jesus, you know? That's and if if that's not your belief, that's your your savior. If that's your if you're different, if your savior is Muhammad or something like that, or David or Yusuf, you know, if you're going from that that standpoint or whatever, you know, if you whoever you find is someone who has inspired you to do better, they're in your next brother or sister, and that was the message. And he kept telling it, and he said, you know, the body of Christ is in the church. The church is not, or Jesus is not in a Dorito. That's food, okay? <laughs> you know, based on his understanding, Jesus was not in food or in the sky. It was in the people, in the congregation. So if you see your friends doing well, then you support them. If you see them doing badly, you support them. When I mean badly, they've fallen. You don't kick them down. When you see somebody who's made a mistake or screwed up or jacked the F up, you don't go and just kick them in the balls, as we like to say when I was in the military. You help them and try to, hey, for lack of a better words, if his balls, if this is a man and his balls are hurting, give him some ice. Okay? I'm telling you, trust me. My sister kicked me in the you-know-what, in the, oh, God, man, it hurt so much. And when I'm down, there's nothing but some <laughs> an ice pack to felt better. When someone is down, you know, I'm using male metaphor, so I apologize to any any um, anybody who's listening who do not have those, you know, those physical attributes. But I'm just giving from my perspective. So it's sort of like that. And he kept going on, and I was like, that was an amazing message. And that's what we call in the parts of a sales presentation the hook. Remember, the hook was the Cheeto. I saw Cheeto. I saw Jesus in the Cheeto. 
the the story was what he just said. So the story was about how the the book he he quoted from the Bible, the um an English version Bible of what he saw, and that was a story. So he crafted a story around. You know what? Just like this, just like the people, um, the Corinthians, and he kept going. And this is where they found. This is why. The Apostle Paul went there, and 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 it just you know this is he crafted a story around that to get people to start following the message and listening more intently, and actually start in if you would take it like almost like spiritually start eating the fruit that he was actually harvesting. So he grabbed you with the hook, then he told a story that was related to the hook in some way. But the hook was designed was never to get you to buy something. The story is to get you to start buying into a belief. You get it? So if you're talking with your customers, you need something to get their attention really fast. Get them off of Facebook really fast. Get them out of the newspaper really fast. Get them off the radio really fast. You know, if you're still using television, get them off the television really fast so that they can start listening and come to you for your story about massage therapy. So it's not about and and I love to pick on Massage Envy because they finally figured out what sells massage. What sells the story? The story is not images of people. And I said this over your website should not have a whole bunch of images of these 20 something year old Caucasian girls getting massage on a wicker mat which by the way i've grew up in a, a around people in from third world countries and sleeping on a wicker mat it sucks and i suspect if you're female and your girls in the front are laying on some wicker mats it's probably uncomfortable but that's the imagery that we as massage therapists they have accepted but i like massage envy you know even though they're the big enemy we like to push at it but they do they have figured out something that images of people Especially 20-something-year-old, cute Caucasian women, and in some cases, Asian women, on a wicker mat, sells, and that's so, like, 1990s. What you sell is people active. Think about that. Do you want to, the image of massage is just a solution for you to become less painful, less tired, more energy, you know, more focused. It's just a solution for that. Okay, doctors do not sell. If you ever look at that, look at look at a billboard for a physician's practice. You do not see an image, especially if you're a surgeon, of an image opening your of an image of the doctor with his tools in your heart, a friend of yours or a loved one heart, cutting them up. That does not sell. But we as massage therapists think that that's what people want to see. No, what they really want to see is themselves active. We think that they want to see themselves getting massaged. That has been done from the 1990s. That is so old. And even it still keeps getting, and I'm even a victim of it. And, I'm, and I continue to move those out of my own website because I realized that that doesn't resonate anymore. Grabbing those stock photography from iStock and everything, no. Find the people doing the thing they want to do. So if somebody, if your target is elderly people or, or older Americans rather, or older Jamaicans, or older Canadians, or older Britons, uh, Brit British, I don't know what you call that, Brits, let's go from there, or, or older people from Ireland, or Italy, or South Africa, or Kenya, whatever's your, whatever's your target market, wherever country you're from, don't show images of them getting massaged. 
show images. The story is images of them doing the thing that they want to do. So if your part, your market is older, whatever country you're from, then show those people doing the things that they want to do. If that's walking faster, if that's getting out of the car, you know, is that playing a sport, is that singing, whatever your target market does, you should craft your story around that. Don't get all sidestepped by getting, because I know Wix loves, and Wix, by the way, is a website company, and they create websites, and they call it really inexpensive, but the, the ones they have on massage therapy are sucky, because they're selling like everybody else the same thing. Hey, if you got 50 uh, orange vendors who are selling down the street, you, any orange vendor will do, because you're walking down the street, and you're like, you, you want, there is no orange there is nobody selling anything but oranges. But find the vendor who's also selling peaches, and he or she will get the customer. Okay? As massage therapists, we get trapped because we do not study marketing as well as we study our craft. We go for CEUs. We go for technique. We go for from teachers who are great. But we do not spend ample time learning marketing, which is the fundamental thing will keep you in business and keep you from destroying your hands is because you have a value and people know about it and they will pay you a legitimate fee for your services. Whatever you value it. If it's 65 per hour or it's $265. I've seen massage therapists, the range, I've seen massage therapists at $35 and I've seen massage therapists at $400 an hour. Why do you have to be the $35 per hour versus the $400? If I was most massage therapists, I go find out what the four hundred dollar massage therapist per hour is doing, and do what they do. So in your story, back to that message. I got sidetracked. Sorry, <laughs> it happens sometimes. Um, in your story, craft a story that'll get people to draw people in. Okay, that was the message. Now the second, the last part of Jason's message was the offer, and a hook story offer. That's the three fundamentals of marketing you have in everything. If it's your, your landing page, if it's your website, if it's whatever you're sending out in, in a publication, if you're mailing it, you got to have a hook, you got to have a story, you got to have an offer. The offer is simply what you want them to buy. What's the next step? It doesn't necessarily have to be something they're going to transact. Like, I mean, you're at a, a church, so you're not necessarily going to say, hey, give me $20, you know, for your, give me $20 and you're going to get into heaven. Funny enough, that's pretty much how the, you know, anyway, that's how Martin Luther kind of spread out because of too many priests who were saying, you get into heaven, you pay me. So anyway, that's a different story for a different day. But the point is, is the, the message was, if you haven't accepted this particular path, then I offer you, here's the offer, an opportunity to meet this individual spiritually. That was the offer. It was a pretty simple offer. It wasn't anything complex about it. It wasn't go walk over coals. It wasn't go build a building. It wasn't go build a church. It wasn't go on some mission trip. It wasn't anything that's so complex. It was a simple offer, and that's the key to it, is your offer must be simple. It must be dynamic, but it does not have to be complex. And I think sometimes we have offers that is so darn complex that you scare the customer off. Okay, your offer has to be something simple that people can easily say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, I can do that. Hey, click the card. Okay, if your offer is simple, you, when you do an, um, an offer, it has to be something simple that solves their problem for the moment. Sometimes people's problem, really to be funky and to be perfectly honest, 
It's not that they really need a massage. They just need to know what's next to do. We oftentimes think that, oh, this is going to help. No, sometimes they just want to talk to you. I have clients, and I'm sure you do, who don't even really stop talking. They just want to come in and talk to you. That's their, that's their buy-in. Come in. And that's the important part about your offer, is your offer doesn't always have to be about massage. It can be about anything in your practice that you have. Maybe the offer is just come in here and have a consultation with me at the massage therapist. We do not charge for consultation. I often see that as kind of a, a we're probably one of the very few, we're probably one of the very few um, categories and industries where we do not charge for our 10 minute to 20 minute to even 30 minute consultation. We do not charge unless we touch people. We find that is unique. But what if you charge for your consultation and you're a wellness coach or something like that and you went and got more certifications or maybe you became a physical, not a physical therapist, maybe you became a personal trainer. You got certified in that so you can help people with stretching activities. That's a consultation. And by the way, it's not hard to get a, a, um, a personal training certification. There's some really good ones out there and some crappy ones, so do your homework on that. But you can get that, and that's, that's one of the professions that can enhance your business, by the way. An exercise background or an exercise certification can not only protect your butt legally, because when you when you make some suggestions, you know, you're kind of looking like, you know, you're giving prescription, and in some states, they don't like that too well. So be mindful of that. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for something to add on to your, to, if you want to say add on to your business, add more offer, give more value, you know, getting a certification in an exercise background could definitely, for one, you're going to learn functional anatomy. Now, in massage schools, you don't necessarily no, learn functional anatomy. You learn anatomy and physiology. What I mean by anatomy and physiology is you learn a lot of static images. When you go to massage school, usually, or a video or whatever, you're looking at a static image. Usually, when you go to something like um, exercise science, and I happen to have, interesting enough, two degrees in exercise science, you learn functional anatomy. That's a little different in that, yes, you learn anatomy. Functional means how does it move. So you have to actually watch somebody and watch what happens to their muscle structure when they do a lunge or maybe they do a chest press. Your, um, your scapula is not in the same place when you do a chest press. But you don't learn that in massage schools typically. What you learn in massage school is just anatomy. You know where it is. You know the origin and insertion. But you don't necessarily know the functional component. And exercise, some exercise certification can help you do that. And that could give you more value. So in closing, and I love to do this, if you want to get a message, something to inspire you, find a local church that, that resonates with you. And it's kind of like a restaurant. This is kind of funny. You know what? Find one that makes sense to you. Don't give if you go to the first one and you don't like it, it's like going to McDonald's. You don't like McDonald's? Go to Taco Bell. Go to the next one. Go to one until it resonates with you and even visit a few. And even if you don't stay, bounce around your city to different ones. Maybe go once a week to a different one. And maybe the message makes sense to you one week. You're like, wow, that was kind of cool. Maybe I should come back to the next week. And it comes like that. Don't get bent out of the ship about the dogma, but you can learn a lot of business fundamentals, especially about marketing, if you go to a house of worship and you listen like the, like a marketer listens, because then you'll hear marketing in that message and you can apply it to your business to grow it past just making enough money to pay the person to market your business. 
or you know pay your Facebook not Facebook account pay pay for your for your website to stay up or pay just so somebody can pay your to do your sheets you're making enough money that you can support your family you make enough money so that you can support your mom or dad you can buy a house for them think about that and I, I and I, I harp on this all the time and I know it's a long one I apologize we oftentimes, and I kind of got to bring it back because I'm, I'm in a lot of chat groups and a lot of groups on Facebook, and that is the biggest issue I see is oftentimes we've been told that we as massage therapists cannot make money, and that is total bull, you know what. We are just as passionate, we are just as called, we are just as qualified, and therefore we should be paid at a higher salary, not because we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's that because we're professional medical officers. And it is indicative for us to bring our level of understanding of the body, our understanding of human anatomy, our understanding of human diseases, how it relates to the body, but also human understanding of how someone feels better after one of our treatments. And understand that just trying to get somebody in on your table just for the purpose that it is actually going to harm you. When you bring yourself up like you're a neurosurgeon and you think of yourself on that same level, I'm not saying a neurosurgeon and a massage therapist are the same same thing. What I'm saying is a neurosurgeon knows when they go into a hospital, if they're just coming in from out of town, knows that he or she is going to be paid one of the highest per, highest income in that hospital. Whereas somebody who comes in as a certified nursing assistant or a nursing assistant or assistant nurse, whatever you want to call it in your state, you know you're going to enter in the medical side as probably one of the lowest parts, lowest paid professions in that hospital. It's going to be in our state. The CNAs get paid the least, and the med- the people who actually come in contact with the patient, the least paid in, in my state of North Carolina is CNAs. The highest paid people are neurosurgeons, cardiothoracic surgeons, even oncologists get paid because they know that. But we oftentimes treat our profession like we're just a CNA, that we don't need to get that much money. We just need enough money to pay our car note. No, you need enough money so that you can pay off your car, pay off your house, hire somebody to do your lawn, hire somebody to look for after your kids, put your kids in private school if that's what you want to do, donate to noble causes that mean something to you, take care of the elderly, take care of the homeless, take care of anybody or anyone or anything that you feel passionate about supporting, and $2 is not going to help somebody. 2000 or $200,000 to a cause is going to move your community somewhere, okay? Just some thoughts. And that's my message for today. Hook Story Offer, go to church, and learn marketing. Bye for now. If you need more information, pop on over to NikkeiRoach.com.